Welcome back to the Euctropolis podcast. I'm your host, James Hill. And in this very special episode, I get to give you your Christmas gift. And we get to explore what I think is one of the most beautiful pieces of music ever written. Stick around. So, it's almost Christmas. It's a season of giving, a season of reflection, celebration. And with all that in mind, I figured I would give you a gift. A musical gift, of course. I've arranged J.S. Bach's prelude to his Well-Tempered Clavier, which is, okay, one of the most famous compositions ever written, um, but it's more personal than that. Like uh, like any good gift, it's something that I love and that I think you will love. This is a piece of music that has always moved me. Ever since I first heard it, it has been a source of inspiration for me. Um, I've always marveled at how it makes me feel different things every time I hear it. It takes me to new places, uh, sometimes unexpected places. How can one piece of music have so many facets, like a like a diamond that you turn in the light and you see new things every time you look at it? Well, this is one of those pieces, and I thought, what better way to celebrate music and to celebrate the ukulele, to challenge ourselves and to be inspired? Why don't we start by listening to the piece as it's normally performed these days, which is on a piano, although that would have been on a harpsichord or a clavichord in Bach's day. We'll start by listening, and then we'll see how we can adapt this beautiful piece of music to the ukulele. I mean, why should pianists have all the fun, right? Thank you. 
That was Prelude in C by J.S. Bach, one of the most enduring and beautiful pieces of all time, certainly one of the most recognizable keyboard pieces ever written. That performance was by Peter Bradley Fulgoni from the University of Huddersfield. Thank you, Peter. You know, there's something that happens to a person when they become an ukulele player. At least it happened to me when I really committed to being an ukulele player. And that is you start to hear everything with kind of ukulele-shaped ears. <laughs> it's almost like like you've got ukulele goggles on and you're, and you're looking at the world through these ukulele goggles. You're, you're listening to everything and your first question is, wow, that was nice. What does that have to do with ukulele? It's a kind of a funny, fun bias that you bring to all music that you hear. And so over the years, as I've heard this piece time and time again and and been transported by this piece time and time again, I've often run into that same question, which was, could we access this beauty? Could we enter into this world of Bach on the ukulele? And if so, how could we do it? You know, I, I like to think of the ukulele as a as a key to unlocking nearly every kind of musical experience that a person could have. Maybe that's a little ambitious, but, you know, I'm okay with that. So let's get right into it. Let's start at the end by listening to the completed arrangement that I've put together for ukulele. This is my gift to you, and you can download this for free right now at euktropolis.com slash Bach. That's euktropolis.com slash B-A-C-H. That's where your Christmas gift is waiting for you. The score, the parts, the audio, everything you need to explore this timeless piece of music. So let's have a listen and then we'll break it down and see how it works. Thank you. 
Okay, so there it is. That's how it sounds when you put all the pieces together. But what are the pieces? Well, first of all, you might have noticed, or at least suspected when you were listening to that, that it wasn't just one ukulele playing. And you're absolutely right. It is not just one ukulele playing. In fact, it is four ukuleles working together to create this sound. And the reason for that approach is that I've tried over the years at various points to play this prelude in C on one ukulele as a solo piece. And I've just had varying degrees of failure (laughs) doing that. And I'm not saying don't try it. Uh, I mean, for those of you out there who are super ambitious, who really love a challenge, I say go for it. Power to you. But I've found that the range of this piece, which of course is something that pianists just take for granted because they have so many notes, the range of this piece is just too broad for one ukulele. And I had to alter too many of Bach's notes in order to kind of squish the whole thing into that narrow lane uh, that, uh, that we have available to us on the ukulele. Because our range, in other words, the, uh, the musical distance from the lowest note we can play to the highest note we can play, that range is pretty minimal. It's certainly nothing like what pianists have. So recently I took a different approach to this. I said, well, if we can't play this whole thing on one ukulele, let's team up and make it happen. And that's why in the score you'll see two standard tuned ukuleles teaming up with two baritone ukuleles to cover all of these notes with very, very minimal adjustments from the original score. That way, we're able to do two things. Number one, we're able to cover the uh, the range that we need from the lowest note of the baritone to literally the highest note on my tenor ukulele. It may be a note, I think it's on the 19th fret. That may be a note that not everyone can access, but hey, maybe you have a friend with a, a long neck tenor or something. It is technically within the range of the ukulele. The second thing that we accomplish by splitting up uh, the parts like this is that we get kind of that nice legato, that nice connected sound that we expect from the piano, but that we don't often hear from the ukulele. The ukulele has a reputation for, for sounding a little bit like somebody you know typing at a typewriter, chunk, 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 where each note is kind of separated from the one before. But if we work together, I can keep my note ringing while you start to play your note, and the next person can do the same thing, and the next person does the same thing. And so what happens is we close the gaps between the notes, and we get this beautiful, smooth, melodic effect. So you've heard how the parts should sound when they're all combined together. But let's dig a little deeper on this. Let's start with the ground floor and build it up from there. Let's have a listen to only the baritone ukulele 2 part. This is the part that sort of grounds the whole arrangement. It's the lowest sounding, and it's the one that happens on the strong beats in the measure. This is the player who is really kind of like the skipper of the team. They are laying down the foundation, and everything is built on top of this part. 
there it is, the foundation of this arrangement. This part plays on the strong beats, the beginning and the middle of each measure. And it's a challenging part in the sense that this baritone player has to play a very low note and then jump to a very high note. And that's just the way it works out when you play the first note and the fifth note in every single measure. Now let's add ukulele part two, and we'll start to hear the outline of the harmony forming. Even just on their own, those two parts together create a beautiful sound. They create the skeleton of the harmony. But here's where it gets really challenging. We're now going to add the connective tissue around that skeleton. The parts we're going to add now are on the weak beats, those in-between beats. Let's start by adding ukulele part one to the mix. almost there. The music right now feels a bit like it's hobbling along, like it's limping, like it's a wheel with one flat side. It doesn't quite roll. It needs one more part to complete the puzzle. And that part is ukulele part three, perhaps the most challenging of all. The one that is offset from the strong beats by just one sixteenth note. Let's add it now. is called teamwork. <laughs> Four ukuleles working together to create this unbroken chain of melody and harmony. Now, I didn't say this was going to be easy, right? This arrangement is not a walk in the park. In fact, it's one of the more challenging arrangements I've ever recorded, honestly. And it's not because the individual parts are that difficult on their own. I mean, the second baritone part, like I mentioned, has these big leaps in it, and that takes some practice. But then again, ukulele part two is really pretty accessible, even to sort of an intermediate player. So the parts vary in their individual level of difficulty, but that's not really the challenge. The challenge is rhythmic. The challenge is how to place your note at just the right moment so that this musical machine that Bach has created doesn't stall. That's the big challenge. 
this whole piece is like a musical relay race, right? Where one player passes the baton to the next player who passes the baton to the next player. And those handoffs happen many, many times in every measure. And of course, sometimes you're going to drop the baton. You can't expect this many handoffs to be absolute perfection. If you listen to any performance of this piece, uh, you will notice imperfections in that cascading rhythm. No performance of this is a perfect diamond. There are always flaws in the diamond. And you know what? To my ear, that's part of what brings the warmth and the humanity and the relatability to it. This is not a computer program that Bach has created. This is a piece of music. So don't hold yourself to an impossible standard as you're trying out each of these parts. Don't hold yourself to an impossible standard when you get together with three other friends and you try to make this musical puzzle happen. Enjoy the process and enjoy the access that these parts give you because by following one of these parts, what you're doing is you are following one of the musical lines within this complex sort of bird's nest of notes that Bach has so beautifully written. So each one of these parts you can think of like a, like a portal that, that draws you deeper into the harmony. Uh, perfection is not the goal here. Participation is the goal. And access is the goal to give you a way to commune with this piece of music that has really mesmerized people over many centuries to explore what that piece of music is and what makes it tick. That is the goal. And along the way, of course, to discover some new things about your ukulele. And if you can do that, then you're making the most of this gift. Now, I'm tempted to end the podcast right here, right now, and not go any further. But I just can't help myself but add one more thing. So here we go. The Well-Tempered Clavier was published in 1722. And this piece, The Prelude, is the very first thing in that book. And by the way, this was... um, an educational publication. It, Bach said it was for the profit and use of musical youth, desirous of learning, uh, those who wanted to explore all 24 major and minor keys on the keyboard. This was really a, a, as much a book of studies for educational purposes as it was uh, a, a piece of artistic expression. And that's one of the many amazing things about Bach is how he was so skilled in both of those areas. So so skilled as an educator and so skilled as a composer and probably didn't see much difference between the two. And isn't that an amazing and refreshing thought in this modern era of specialization where you're you're either an educator or you're an artist. Well, for Bach, the two were inextricably combined. And the well-tempered clavier is a perfect example of that. So we have the publication of this landmark collection of pieces in 1722. And then, you know, time passes. A lot of time passes. And over a century later, in 1853, 
the French uh, romantic composer Charles Gounod comes along, and he improvises a melody over top of Bach's prelude. Well, Gounod's father-in-law hears him play this uh, new melody, transcribes the melody, and they publish it under the name Meditation sur le premier prélude de piano de J.S. Bach. Meditation on the first piano prelude by J.S. Bach. They've now created this intergenerational mashup that becomes popular and well-loved in its own right. And isn't that amazing? I mean, I remember learning this melody as a kid and not only falling in love with the, the beauty of the melody, but being amazed by the musical collaboration that I was witnessing, that one person could put this piece out into the world and that over a hundred years later, another person comes along and adds a component to that piece and that that mashup has a life of its own. That's just so cool. You know, it kind of makes me think of, you know, atoms floating around the universe combining with each other or planets flying through galaxies and kind of colliding with one another and and making new planets and rings around other planets and like doesn't this make you feel like this music is just part of the cosmos you know i don't mean to get too philosophical but just to get too philosophical for a second you know doesn't it make you feel part of something bigger i don't know that's how it makes me feel let's have a listen let's listen to charles gounod's improvisation over top of Bach's composition. This is going to give us a a really nice mix of the romantic style of Gounod, very much expressive, hard-on-your-sleeve, kind of dynamic approach to melody, over top of Bach's more restrained, formal sensibility that comes from the Baroque period. But what a nice combination they make together, kind of like uh, romantic icing on a Baroque cake. Let's have a listen.
That was Charles Gounod's beautiful melody over top of J.S. Bach's timeless prelude in C, all arranged for a small team of ukulele players, four players to play the prelude and one player to play the solo part by Gounod. That was music originally published as Meditations on the first prelude by J.S. Bach. Eventually, it all just became known as Ave Maria. All of those parts, the score, and the audio recordings are available for you right now as your Christmas gift from me and Euctropolis. If you go to euctropolis.com slash Bach, that's euctropolis.com slash B-A-C-H. It's all there, gift-wrapped, and waiting for you. I hope you're able to sink your teeth into this over the holidays. And speaking of holidays, I'm going to be taking a break myself, and I'll be back in early January with new episodes of the Euctropolis podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this special episode of the Euctropolis podcast. I hope you enjoy your musical gifts. And I hope you'll join me again in early January for more episodes. In the meantime, head over to euctropolis.com. There's still a lot going on over there. We've got a brand new baritone ukulele jazz course that I'm really excited about. We've also got a new cohort of teachers starting their Jehui teacher certification program on January 1st. If you're an ukulele teacher, you want to take your skills to a new level, and you want to connect with a global community of like-minded ukulele educators, I hope you'll join us. You can learn all about the program at euctropolis.com J-H-U-I. I wish you a safe and Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and until next time, keep on strumming.